Welcome to Fuse Podcast, where we spark change through conversation. I'm Sarah. My name is Yatin. And today we're talking about mental health. To start out, let's state that mental health not only affects your emotional, but also your psychological and emotional well-being. And it affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Today we're going to talk about how mental health relates with religion or other moral ideology. What impact does violence or past trauma have on it? Does relationships with family members or pets help? Let's take away some of these stigmas that hinder us from having an open conversation about it. Our special guest for today's episode is Dr. Martinez. She's from Mexico and working on mental health from a long time. Thank you, Dr. Martinez, for joining us. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Thank you. I've been here in Missouri State for 20 years uh, since I was a kid. I always say that I came here as a child, but um, I, I love it here. This is my home, um, but I have been away from my family for 20 years. Uh, I teach in, in world languages and cultures. I enjoy teaching. That's my, that's my passion. That's my, that's my love. I'm from Monterey, Mexico, a big city. And I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but I have struggled with mental health and gone through some processes in my life uh, that have um, triggered some problems that I have had to overcome to be able to really be here now, you know, open talking about it. Thank you for sharing that with us today. Um, as you see in this episode, our conversation is with somebody who has experienced mental health illness and has a lot to share and educate. Um, we would like to ask the listeners to wait for a future episode when the medical side of the conversation will be discussed. Mental illness are among the most common health condition in the United States. More than 50% will be diagnosed with mental illness or disorder at some point in their lifetime. One out of five Americans will experience a mental illness in given year. Mental illness is not only more common that we may think, but also can affect anyone. I guess I've struggled with it since I was a teenager. I really was feeling a lot of hopelessness in my life. And um, I didn't talk about it much. So I think that's one of the issues that we don't talk about it until you know you are in the, at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of a very dark tornado. You know, that's, that's kind of how I describe it. You kind of discussed that you have had some mental health illness in the past. And um, is there like suggestions or ways that you use to overcome these mental health illness? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is that I had to go through a lot of back and forth. You know, I, I first, at first I didn't recognize it. You know, I just felt sad and, you know, or, or that I would just, didn't have the words, you know, to really um, recognize how I was feeling. You know, I think one of the things that that helped me, it was that later through the years, you know, I, I accepted first, you know, that I had an, an issue, you know, and, and but it took years. It, this was a journey. But then, you know, I talked to different guides in my life, you know, I talked to uh, advisors, I talked to um, my pastor in my church, I talked to um, therapists, I talked to different people until I really, you know, understood that it's a complex situation where you have to really draw from many areas so that you can be healed 
in a way and maintain yourself in that situation because it's a it's an illness so then you know it is i call it chronic you know not because i'm always sad but because i always have to be aware that i have and mindful that if i feel some triggers i can say okay it's time for me to rest or it's time for me to have to take a break there are people outside i know uh, you know they are suffering from depression and mm -hmm. they don't even know about it mm -hmm. they thinks that it's it's a part of their life yeah. so do you remember some incident of your life when you when you said okay i'm i'm going through something you know i have a teenager one day he told me you need to do something about your mood you need to do something about yourself because it is affecting us and you know it wasn't now i had an an adult who was telling me that you know what i was doing was have, was impacting his life and we lived together and he's looking up to me and i thought i i have to get very serious about this you know and 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 i think that's when i really looked for a, um more than therapy i looked for a psychiatrist and that's when i was uh, diagnosed with major depressive disorder and um that's when i took it you know when i took different medications that really have changed my life um i know um there's some like stigmas against medication mm -hmm. and sometimes people view you taking medication as like a weakness not mm -hmm. something that actually helps you yeah but you you would say that you would suggest it to other people as well i'm comfortable saying that i take medication and it's okay and i and i do better with it and and I mean I'm I'm not a doctor but I think that if you need something and there's help just like you need I need my coffee in the morning <laughs> you know I think if you need medicine to feel better and to perform better you know why not take advantage we also wanted to ask you so you talked a little bit about your faith and how um you had this spiritual leader that was telling you that you like weren't strong enough that you j like you just need to believe harder mm -hmm. I think especially if um if you're a leader like you're saying you know you're going to pass some ideology to the people that trust you mm -hmm. and I think you should you have a responsibility to be informed you know you have a responsibility to be educated about topics and if you are not educated and 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 if you don't know some topics maybe it's better to refer people to somebody who knows you know I'm, maybe he could have told me I'm not a psychiatrist I'm not a psychologist but you should see one because they deal with mental health I deal with spirit you know spiritual aspects but they you know if your tummy hurts he you know he can still pray for me but he would send me to a doctor right if he saw me with a broken arm he would send me to the hospital so if you see somebody with a mental if you hear somebody with a mental health you know or crying for help I think you should send them with somebody who deals, you know, with mental issues because that's what they are for. And 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 there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, going to therapy and you know, talking to somebody and and taking medic medications. I would like to hear uh more from about you the impact of violence and trauma in your life and how you you particularly dealt with it. I always I always say the the good things uh why why I came to Missouri uh I met my husband here I got married uh and really and in Mexico um I was an attorney I had just graduated 
but I was really, um, and, and my mother is a very accomplished woman. She used to be a senator in Mexico. She works now for the president of Mexico. And people tell me sometimes, well, why don't you go back? You know, you, you had a great life there. And, and, I, and I did, but honestly, you know, what actually happened is that my mom and my siblings and my siblings and I were experiencing um, domestic violence. Very, 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 very severe very severe domestic violence, something that it's indescribable. And so one day, you know, we decided to escape. And I was young and I, I was the oldest, which means that in, in my culture, if you're the oldest, you take care of your siblings. So once I saw that my siblings were okay and my mother was settled, I thought, okay, I also need to look for my own path. We have one last point that we wanted to talk to you about. Um, so with, we've talked about how mental health affects like psychological and emotional well-being, but um, it also affects social well-being, especially with like family relationships with like workplace or other personal relationships. Mm -hmm. um, would you say that as an educator or just like with personal relationships, you found that depression has affected those? Yeah, you know, especially in the, in the Hispanic community, <laughs> I always say you don't have the right to be depressed. Because you know you have, if you if there's a quinceañera or if there's a party, you have to attend and you have to greet the cousin of the cousin of the cousin of the cousin of the cousin, and smile, mm -hmm. you know. And and it it's it for me it was very hard in my community because we don't talk about that. Uh, so there was like a a point of intersection, you know, in in the Hispanic community plus the Christian community, you know it. it it was very difficult because when I did, when I isolated myself for a long time, people think that I was ghosting them. I learned that. See, that's a new word that I learned when I got. You know, you're ghosting us. What? What does that even mean? You're going MIA or what is it like? Missing. Missing in action. Yeah. Missing in action. <laughs> yeah. You're MIA, and you know, and I learned those words because people would tell me those things, and I thought I just, I just don't, you know, I, I. No, and now, you know, there was a point where I lost a lot of friends. I had to leave the church that I was attending because I, you know, couldn't attend all the events and I didn't feel like I was understood. So I ended up attending a different church, you know, that is not, you know, maybe they, they don't speak my native language, but I feel that they get it, you know, that they're so, they're always loving and that's all I want, you know. I don't want to be judged for not going to an event. We interviewed students about mental health and we want to know your thoughts, Dr. Martinez. But before, let's cons consider some statistics. The Healthy Mind study provides a detailed picture of mental health and related issue in college student population. According to 2021 data, Winter Spring Report of Healthy Mind study, an annual survey of mental health on American ca college campuses while 38% of students said that they, are, they were flourishing. 41% reported experiencing moderate and major depression, and 34% anxiety disorder. 13% of the students made a suicidal ideation, while 23% reported a non-suicidal self-injuring. 30% of students received mental health therapy slash counseling during the period of the report, but including psychiatric medication among students with positive depression or anxiety, the number goes to 52%. A 
based on these statistics alone, Dr. Martinez, um, what are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, I think that it breaks my heart. You know, it breaks my heart because I, I've gone through the same situation. And um, it breaks my heart that somebody can be thinking that they don't, they're not going to be missed if they leave, you know, suicidal ideation or that somebody's so lonely or so or feeling so hopeless, you know, that um, that they're not alone. I, 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 I wish I can do something. You know that I guess that's the only purpose um, that I'm that I'm sharing my story because uh, some of my students shared with me that sometimes they didn't want to wake up, you know, or that they didn't want to come to school. But one other thing is that after COVID, you know, with I saw last semester a lot of my students struggling with mental health, and you know, I, I know my I know my kids, I know how 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 they look, and I I know last semester it wasn't about academics. And I think we all came back a little bit broken after what happened with COVID. You know, we've lost friends, we've lost, we've lost family, we lost time, we lost events. We had a lot of losses and we had a lot of uncertainty. And that, of course, causes a lot of anxiety. And if you have mental health illness, you know, on top of that, you know, you add COVID, you know, it's, it's, it's even worse. And so I think, you know, the data, what that is telling us is that this is an urgent thing to talk about, that this is an urgent conversation, that this is a must, you know, uh, that, that we should really not just, uh, uh, you know, not just be there for people, but really be active about it, be proactive. Right. I, I think not only this data, if you compare last 10 years, there's a jump of 30% on all these mental mm-hmm. health issues. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, more concerning. Mm-hmm. Do you have any comments on? Uh, well, you know, I think now we have social media also. You know, a lot of the things have changed in the world. We compare ourselves with others. Like you said, there's a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, I, I remember experiencing when I was in grad school, that was, you know, when I hit bottom because, you know, there was a lot of pressure on performing well and doing well, you know, and, and for college students, you know, you, like you're saying, especially if you're first generation and you, sometimes you don't know who to talk to about your experience in, your experience in college, that's one thing. Or if you're from an underrepresented group and feel isolated, you know, that's another thing. So everybody has a different experience in college. That's why, you know, I think it is important, again, the word, I use the word reach out. In other words, to get out of ourselves, to bring people into the common ground because at the end of the day we're all humans we you know we have that common ground that brings us together and when we feel that commonality when we feel that community there's a lot of a lot more sense of belonging and a less sense of hopelessness now let's jump in with the interviews we asked some questions to students on our campus they had or have experienced mental health issues we asked whether they feel they have information about mental health. Let's listen first to an anonymous student. To be honest, I don't have enough information about mental health because mental health changes day by day. Sometimes you could be peppy one day and the next day down in the dumps. So it all depends on the day and the person. 
I think he's talking about self knowledge, mm-hmm. right, Dr. Martinez? Mm-hmm. I think so too. And I think, you know, like he's saying, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a journey. And, and one day you can be fine, the next day you can't. You know, you might be, it depends on the person and it depends on, on how, on the circumstances too. So I think, you know, as I, what I was talking about at the beginning, you know, right now I, 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 mm-hmm. I love to feel in that balanced way, you know, like stable and um but i had to learn about it so i think that's what he's talking about um we also have another answer from ulysses he answers um whether he has enough information on mental illness as well i think i have too much information about mental health um i think this current culture at least like a campus culture or just kind of the youth culture there's a real consciousness about mental health at least superficially and maybe not in a good way what are your thoughts on that one? Well, you know, I think sometimes when we say not in a good way, maybe we don't have, like I was saying before, the right education or the right data or the right, we're not informed as we should be. So we just, you know, tell people, you know, things like positive vibes only, you know, or uh, let's just, let's work out together to get rid of the, but, you know, we don't know how to address it. And I think that's why there are professionals, you know, that can really address this, psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, because if you give it to the wrong person, you know, then they might give you the wrong information. So I think it is very important that we, um, as as educators or, you know, as somebody who is a leader on campus, I think it's my responsibility that if I have a student who shares with me a situation, you know, it is important that I understand that I'm not a psychiatrist, that I'm not a therapist, and that I refer that person to the right uh, uh, professional that can actually help because I don't want to do more harm than good, even with well intentions. Okay, another question we did was related to being comfortable talking about their own mental health issue, friends or parents. Let's listen to Gabriel and then Ulysses. Um, I would not feel comfortable talking to my family about it. I've never talked to them about it. Um, They don't know that I've seen a psychologist or anything like that. Um, I've told like my closest friends, but even that like I was scared to do because like you just don't want people to view you weird or think that you're like weird or like uh, emotional or something. Um, so I have sought help, but I would really only tell like a couple of my close friends. When I was younger, I would only I was only really comfortable talking about it with friends. Um, but uh, luckily for me, I have uh, good parents, and I've ameliorated my relationship with them, and I've gotten to a point where I feel comfortable um, talking about those things with them. Again, I think it's a journey. You know, I think um, because of the stigma, I, I relate to um, both of those answers. You know, in a way, a lot of the times you feel judged and you feel like, you know, oh, you're very emotional and just forget about the drama or just let it go, you know. And I think it's okay to be emotional, you know. I mean, we are humans who have feelings. Why are we not gonna have emotions? Plus, I think of the word emotion and I really think of the word motion, that should lead you to be active, to do something. 
So once you recognize your feelings, your emotions, what motion are you going to do? So then, you know, to me, we have this narrative in the world that it's bad to show emotions, that it's bad, you know, to share, to be vulnerable, or to share, oversharing. We have that word, you know, you're oversharing. Um, for my friends who have depression or anxiety and also identify as male, it's just harder for them for some reason. Well, that for some reason is the ideology that you were talking about at the beginning. We have a patriarchal ideology, right? So men, you know, there's a poem I teach literature and there's a poem that it's called by Alfonsina Storni from Argentina and it's called Men Don't Cry, you know, and it says, my dad told me not to cry. My grandpa told me not to cry. They told me not to cry. So it's, you know, it's inherited. We have this narrative that, you know, males are supposed to be this way, you know, subjectivities and females are supposed to be this way. So it's, you know, way more acceptable sometimes that a female would cry, not at work, you know, but maybe you can cry with a friend. But males not e cannot even, you know, cry with friends or anybody. They cannot, they should be emotionless, you know, and, and I think that's another thing that we have to break, you know. We asked one more question from students. Um, we asked students if they seek professional help and why, also if they know when to do it. Um, we have an answer here from Gabriel, um, and then we have another um, part to it as well. Um, I saw a psychologist, they gave me medication like right away um, and I started and like I feel better and like I still take it but at the same time it just seems like a really shortcut like way to fix it and I feel like I would rather not take medication, I would rather like figure out what I need to like help myself cope but I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's exactly how, how I felt, you know, like I was saying at the beginning, you it's, it's a journey. You know, in my case, I, I discovered that I had also, you know, a lot of trauma from the past and I had to deal with that. But it took me half of my life, you know, it took me a midlife crisis to recognize, OK, I need to address what happened to me, you know, as a child a long time ago and to my mom and, and, and my siblings and how this affected me. But I, you know, uh, I think it's a journey and it's a process and it's it's finding the right person. When I was in Mexico, I, I was kind of looking for different uh, therapists and it was hard to find the right one. It's like finding the right match. You have to be comfortable with your personal choices. Nowadays, a lot of celebrities are talking about their experiences with mental health issues. It is important that people know that they are not alone the actor Dwayne Johnson once said, I found that with depression, one of the most important things you can realize is that you're not alone. You're not the first to go through it. You're not going to be the last to go through it. Mm -hmm. You know, that resonates a lot with me because in my family, you know, my dad had depression and he's a brilliant guy. And, and you know, he just started taking medication a few months ago. And I wish he would have addressed that when he was younger. Um, a lot younger, you know, but it, there was such a stigma that he didn't. So in my line, you know, there's something maybe, you know, genetically or something, but I wish, I know that I'm not the first one and I know I'm not going to be the last one, but I know that I'm not alone and I know that there are resources. It is true that our mental health can change over time. Being aware of that helps to increase our self-knowledge, which leads me to ask you about self-care. 
how you overcome and have fought depression could you share with us more of your experience and strategies mm-hmm. i think you know like i like i keep saying it's a journey one of the things that it's important is for me to recognize the triggers you know when i feel like i've been overstimulated you know it's a word that i've learned too when i know that i'm overwhelmed when i know that i'm taking too much you know there's too much on my plate i need to learn to make priorities and you know sometimes i need to say no to things and, and not care about how I'm going to be perceived you know because the society has put so much pressure on you and and, and performing different ways and sometimes you just have to draw a line but the main thing is I try to recognize the triggers and then make a pause and say okay I need to stop here and take care of myself just like you were saying Dr. Martinez like even the smallest acts of self-care in our daily life can ha- lead to a huge impact. Following what we were talking about, the National Institute of Mental Health gives us a list to get started. If somebody that is listening says, I don't know where to start, um, here's a small list for you. Get regular exercise, eat healthy, regular meals, and stay hydrated. Make sleep a priority. Try a relaxing activity. Set goals. Practice gratitude. Focus on positivity and stay connected by reaching out to your friends or family or members who can provide emotional support and practical help. The National Institute of Mental Health website gives us some tips on when to seek professional help. If you're exper- experiencing severe or distressing symptoms that have lasted two weeks or more, such as difficulty sleeping, appetite change that result in unwanted weight change, struggling to get out of bed in the morning because of mood, difficulty concentrating, loss of interest in things you usually find enjoyable, inability to perform usual daily functions and responsibilities. Please don't wait until your symptoms are overwhelming. Talk about your concerns with your primary care provider who can refer you to a mental health specialist if needed. So we wanna thank you again, Dr. Martinez, for sharing your story and experiences with here on the FUSE podcast. Um, Would you like to share some final remarks? Thank you for inviting me. This is the first time that I share, you know, that I'm that I disclose a lot of information. I'm I'm, I'm doing this out of love, you know. I hope that this helps somebody uh, that is listening. And um, thank you guys for starting this project and for having this conversation. And like you said, this is not the end. You know, we can keep talking. Thank you again, Dr. Martinez, and you all that are listening. See you guys next time.